Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the tank top sage. It's Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, Chris? What up, everybody? Hey, hey, hey. Also joining us. It is our edgelord, Big News Brian. Nan to you, Big News. Brian. What's up, nerds? Oh, hey. There you are. Uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're back. We're here. New show. Very excited. We're late. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, life gets in the way. Um, but you know, we're here now. Uh, a little late. Right into spoiler day, which is Wednesday. But uh, we 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 are uh, fitting one in anyway. But um, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about, so let's uh, not waste any time and get right into plugs. Uh, you can find me at the Chris Aspinall on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? At at JD Cole underscore thirty seven. That's on Instagram and um, at New Jump City. Josh on. Yeah, Brian. Oh, Brian. Sorry, I was muted again. Find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. If you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Damn right. You can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram as well. And uh, if you want, you can also check us out on TikTok. Uh, so that would be super cool. Uh, emails at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. We literally just rounded out uh, our emails now, our questions uh, for for now so uh send some more why not uh check it uh new jump city pod at gmail.com and we read them on our pre-show chat show or flashback episodes i haven't renamed them yet but um yeah we we do a little like uh half hour chat uh before every show it usually comes out uh the wednesday after the show just uh so we could spread out some content for you guys but um yeah check us out on that we answer questions on that and stuff so i hope you guys enjoy it uh you can also uh, comment under the youtube video that you're watching um please do that would be super cool to get some engagement going on that so if you have any questions suggestions thoughts on the show uh comment under the video that you're watching uh we still don't have exact like video capability but i still upload the podcast to youtube uh regardless and uh yeah please help us out on that like share subscribe all that stuff and since we're already an audio podcast anyway and if you prefer just having these in your ears at all times you can hit us up on uh spotify apple podcast itunes pandora amazon music uh yeah wherever you listen to podcasts uh you could find us pretty easy i think we're quite literally on every platform (laughs) that hosts podcasts known to man so uh check us out on that and um yeah let's uh without with spoiler alerts ahead uh let us forge onward tell that pussy clad girl me know what jujutsu kaisen uh and i thought you started with my hero oh i forgot about my hero 
My bad. Let's redo that. We call that easy money GG. I'll take a derp for that one. That one's on me. My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia, Chapter 398, Toshinori Yagi, Rising Slash Origin. Um, so over the last few chapters, we've been watching the battle between All for One and uh, All Might, and it is pretty intense. All Might's got this super cool mech suit that um, mimics the properties of the quirks of his students, which is uh, kind of a nice little touch there. He has like weapons embedded in this suit that um, are reminiscent of his students and all that stuff. So, you know, for example, we open this chapter with uh, All Might uh, getting after All for One um, using a super acid inject injection known as Pinky, named after, of course, Ashido. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it seems to be having an effect on All for One, but he's like, all, all, all Might is still just like talking shit. He's just like, oh, just after rewinding some damage, you're dissolving away now. And All for One's like, oh, my, he's, uh, I'm not so trash after all, huh? So much for that theory. Um, and we get a little flashback chapter actually to uh, the day that uh, All Might met uh, Shimura, the previous uh, holder of All for One before him. And uh, he asked her to be her pupil. Uh, and, you know, she, she's basically floating away from him, uh, basically rejecting him, saying, like, without a quirk, ridiculous. And he's like, please, I mean it. Um, and All Might explains that his family was killed a while back. And she says, yeah, mine too, but I don't have the luxury to join your little quest for vengeance. And uh, All Might counters by saying that he just can't accept a world where those who take other take from others come out on top and then those who have everything stolen their grief turns to hatred in an endless spiraling cycle and um uh shimura asks what his solution is and all might says that he wants to make a world where everyone can live with a smile and for that reason the world needs a symbol and she's like a symbol of what he says of peace he says, even with plenty of building, plenty of new buildings and visible restoration efforts, people have been living in fear and their hearts and minds are shrouded by darkness. So she's uh, so Shimura is just like, so you would just put on a grand display of power. And he says, well, everyone's had a tough enough time with their own three foot radius. So, yes, I would step up. A quirkless guy like me has no role otherwise. And uh, we cut back to the present with a big two-page spread of all of uh, All Might getting sh just slacked through several buildings. Um, it is pretty intense. Uh, his suit is breaking down at this point. He's got fractured. Uh, he's got fractured li uh, ribs and full-body contusions, and he has respiratory malfunction. It's not looking good for All Might right now. Um, but fucked up in a yeah, it's not, it, yeah, it's bad news right now. But he still gets up, uh, remembering all of his uh, times with uh, with Midoriya, you know, and, and Stain saying that the, the man that he knew as All Might would not live his life any other way than to just, like, keep fighting. So he gets up, and um, he's, like, uh, he notices that All for One is even younger at this point, and uh, he wonders that if All for One even noticed himself. So he had to use like a bunch, it turns out he had to use a bunch of quirks to expel 
the super acid from his body, but the strain is hurting him. So him taking damage seems to speed up his like de-aging process. Um, so All Might just starts to laugh and laugh and laugh, uh, causing All for One to just kind of like get pissed, get even more upset. Um, so, you know, All for One just says, to he, he like remembers all those times you know with uh with Deku and all that stuff and he's like to be of service to others what a joy fight on together you hear me and he uh assembles uh he reassembles with his suit with a whole bunch of new things uh he has like thrusters with uh named Uravity and Ingenium uh that propel him to full throttle um we then get his uh, like a shot of his like all for uh, one for all visage, as uh, we cut back to Deku for the first time in a long time, uh, and he seems to be sensing that All Might is currently fighting right now, um, and we end in basically this four panel, two page spread of uh, All Might, Midoriya, All for One, and Shigaraki, uh, I guess locked in intense battle, and that's where. This chapter ends. Uh, Josh, what do you think about My Hero Academia, chapter 398? Uh, this is... RGC. Whoa! Uh, Brian, is this your RGC by any chance? Yeah, it's my RGC. Okay. It's not mine. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll drop it. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Yeah, so um, this chapter filled me with joy as I read it. Um, I think this is really reminding me who All Might is what, and what he represented, uh, you know, to heroes and to society in general. That small flashback um, with the previous um, All for One um, owner kind of shed light. Like it made, before All Might, shit wasn't as organized in the hero community. You know, it, it really was All Might and his 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 symbol of, of hope or peace or whatever that ushered in this era of heroes to where it is now for better or worse. Um, and I would say mostly for the better, I guess, because people were generally safer. It's just that, you know, people still fell through the cracks in the system and, you know, the hero villain cycle wasn't really helpful. But regardless, um, I had forgotten that, like, like through all this time, you know, reading My Hero Academia, like, All Might started off as already this wounded hero, but we see him do amazing things, like from when he beat the shit out of that Nomu in the training facility um, and sent that nigga to Mars, or when he, you know, punched uh, one for all, so, I mean, all for one so hard that his, 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 he had to stay in, in a fucking wheelchair for the rest of eternity. Anyway, you get my point. Like, he he stopped being that guy, you know, after he lost his powers and I stopped, I started forgetting what he was even about. He kind of just was this extra guy around. I felt like a cheerleader 
and it's crazy because it's like he expressed that um earlier and i wasn't in a position i wasn't receptive to to hear to hear that or like read that because i was upset about the current state of, of the manga but i'm 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 accepting where it's at now and i appreciate uh you know what horikoshi is doing almost reintroducing us to all my like yeah this is who he is like, he was never gonna back down and run away he will gladly die in the process he was always ready to die it's just that he was so strong he never could he was that nice and he's the one that put out awful one he put that nigga out not the other guys all my did correct me if i'm wrong you are not wrong right anyone's gonna show him i'll hold you i got more confidence in all might winning this fight than i do in gojo winning his but we'll have that conversation later that's how i feel all might was always that nigga and proved it he fought all might fought his sukuna and he showed he showed all for one that you were lucky that none of these niggas was me before that's what happened yeah brian what are your thoughts i i fucking love this chapter um because it kind of we haven't really gotten anything about all might's past and how he was um yoshinori he got the quirk yeah we before he got the quirk we didn't see what kind of world it was um what his relationship with Nana was like. It was just really cool to see kind of the origins of uh, All Might's character and see what inspired him to be the person that he is. And the way that they executed it was, like, really fucking cool. Um, I'm really glad that we got to see that out of him before, you know, the end of his... before the end of his journey. Um... And I hope that this isn't the end for him. Um, even though it does feel like some hoorah for the both uh for both All Might and All for One. So I don't know. Um what but there's one little tidbit that you probably didn't notice is that All Might's eye was unshadowed um in one of those panels. It's true. Like his regular eye was was being shown instead of it being like dark. Yeah. Which was an interesting little little tidbit there, showing that, you know, he's kind of like it feels like All Might without with with like dark eyes is him being like inhuman, a fucking god amongst men. But when his eyes are there, it shows that he's the the human part of him, you know? Like a man that's touch that could be defeated at any moment, but he chooses to fight anyway. So, I think I he think had the was... dark eyes. Um, he, he, and with his the right suit. eye. I think the suit gave him that, and and, and you can't see it on on the left side because it got blown away. The suit. Yeah. He's talking about on page Look. twelve where you can finally see like All Might's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, but you can only see you see his left his left eye looks different because it's not covered by the mask. I think what he's saying is that, like, All Might, usually his eyes are just, like, really sunken in. So they're usually, like, covered in shadow anyway. But this is, like, the first time 
in a while we've seen just his eyes. Like for uh, what they really are. Oh, so it's not about the two different colors. It's no. About just how they look right now in general. Yeah. Wide eyed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, you're right. I think you see like the 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 area around his pupils. I don't know what that's called. Yoshinori. <laughs> but yeah, that's those are my thoughts. Um yeah, this was a re I really like this chapter. Um it's not my RGC, but I did appreciate what this does for the character of All Might and I for someone we've spent so much time with and um who has fallen by the wayside, I think like by design, you know, cuz I think the whole point of it is of All Might just kind of like going to the side is realizing that like in the best possible way he wasn't needed anymore. Um because this new generation is just so good, you know, and um, they feel like like they have like an understanding of what needs to be done and stuff. So all, all Might was almost not necessary even as a mentor because the, the, the generation that came after him is just like so intuitive already and they didn't really need it. But in this moment, and I think to speak to the point of what Brian mentioned with his eyes like being fully shown, I think this was more like All Might reconnecting with his younger side that was able to make a difference. Um, and I think it's the culmination of that being by the wayside for so long and just coming back into it and being useful again has really reinvigorated yeah. his spirit. He's like back to being human again, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, he's back to, you know, being alive again. I could, I could see like there's moments in, uh, over the course of the series where like all might is depressed because he doesn't really know how he can make a difference in the position that he's in being like not as strong as he used to be. And with Midoriya just picking stuff up and being taught basically by the successors within his own mind, he doesn't really, he didn't really have a role to play until now. And I feel like it's just him waking up from that and just uh, really embracing that. Like, Hey, I can, I can make a difference even now as a quirkless guy. It's like he said in the flashback. It's like um, I'm supposed like I could be a symbol, and you know, every and I could protect my three, my three foot radius. You know, so this is his version of that in his older age, which is really cool, and it's very uh, fitting overall for All Might's character, being the guy, being the strongest guy for so long, and now in, even in his weakness. He's making like a humongous difference and is likely going to be the guy that actually ends up turning the point of the battle again. So really cool moment. Um, I think he is he's I think he is on his last legs at this point, seeing as how we got the reminder of his visage within uh, one for all. So, oh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see his visage be like, oh, shit, that's my boy. <laughs> Don't forget about me. <laughs> I'm going to be this soon. So, um, one thing I do wish, and you know, maybe this is just like kind of a nitpick for me because, um, we, so much of the world's lore is tied to all might. I hope it's my hope that we just like get to see a little bit more of his past and all that stuff. Although I don't know if there's like really like time for it. And I think this flashback suffices enough. I think we, get the point necessarily but it is cool to see like young all might you know and how he got to where he, how he got to where he was if this is all we get 
of his past, then that's fine with me. But my hope is that this is not the last of the flashbacks and we get to see a little bit of how how he became the guy that he that he is. Um just cuz he's such a like he is the guy of this universe, you know. He's like so yeah. much is tied to him in a lore sense in a world building sense, but Yeah. Eh, but that's it. Uh is I really like this chapter uh, a good amount and uh you know, as per usual, obligatory the art was fantastic this week again. Um this two-page spread is crazy. Just a detail on the background. Um, I don't know if Horikoshi drew this background himself, but if he did, because uh, sometimes assistants do backgrounds. But this, yeah, this was really incredible work. But outside of that, um, I think those are all my thoughts. Do you guys have any rebuttals or anything? Nope. Nope. Okay. Now let's <laughs> move on uh, to Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> Now Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, Josh, I'm going to throw it over to you. Josh is going to cover Jujutsu Kaisen for us today. Hey, it's been a while since I covered it, but uh, let me get to it. So last week, we continued uh, Gojo's fight against what a lot of people are calling the fraud Sukuna and uh, his fraud partner, Maharaga. <laughs> uh, he, his wheel got turned enough times, and he finally was able to uh, get through Gojo's inviability. In I don't no, you know. You got it. I don't. You said it right. Inviability. Why that instead of invulnerability? Because it's not invulnerable. He's not invulnerable. He is inviable, which means you can't like reach him. You. Oh, cool. So well, Maharaga can. Um. So that's where we're at. So we continue this next chapter and. Everyone watching is pressed. They're like, oh my fucking God. But um, Itadori is like, it's not over yet. Uh, you know, it, it makes this more challenging, but, you know, Sensei can still, you know, get at Sukuna. Um, and this other person's like, nah, he's, you know, his healing is slowing down. Um, you know, he was able, sure, he was able to fire the red like his red card technique, but um, the output is going down. Basically, he's getting weakened, and everyone's starting to, like, come to terms as as well as everybody here at New Jump City Comics, and I mean everyone, um, that Satoru Gojo could lose. Gojo himself was aware of that prospect. Um, so he starts thinking about, when was the last time I had this sensation of maybe losing? And we see um, one of our favorite characters also as a New Jump City collective, um, Megumi's dad. He I has agree. a name. Toji. Huh? Toji. Huh? If you say so. That's his name. Yeah. What about his worm? Oh, I don't know oh. what his worm name is. Hmm. I really want to know uh, the, the name of that curse beast. It's pretty important. Anyway. <laughs> So even though he was starting to feel like he could lose, he also got due satisfaction from the fact that there was finally someone else on this plane of existence that could give him a challenging fight. As he races ahead and starts beating the shit out of Maharaga like he owes the money 
and he hits him with a dragon palm strike move. Um, hits him so hard that even Sabo would envy that. Uh, you know, because he has that dragon claw move. <laughs> anyway, um, so he starts uh, what I'm assuming calling for his parents and loved ones after that ass beating phase, Haramita, and Pillar of Light. Maybe that's where he's from. His his parents and that's his Gojo. neighborhood. Because he, he's scared. What? No, that's Gojo talking. <laughs> oh, that is? Yeah. It was so much funnier in my head that Maharaga was. It would have been funny if it was Maharaga, but. Oh uh, well, well, Maharaga's still getting his ass whooped, and right as uh, Gojo's about to hit him with a, uh, I guess another red. Your man Sukuna uh, uses the Ten Shadows Rabbit technique to, I guess, get up out of there and provide a small shield. Um, Gojo mentions uh, he asks if he's still hurting from the Black Flash I guess that's an important point that I'm going to get into in a second so you know he's chasing he's chasing uh, Maharaga and um, Sukuna down and he makes reference saying that you know Maharaga could touch me so he's the one on offense but um Sukuna, you know, he's still recovering from being hurt, so he's going to be defensive. But as they've been fighting, you know, Sukuna's not taking a passive role. He's really, he, he's trying to assist Maharaga in, in um, you know, making contact with uh, with Gojo. And in those moments um, where he does make contact with him, uh, Sukuna's trying to like you know use curse techniques like piercing blood, which that was kind of crazy that he pulled out of there. I don't know who expected that. Yeah, Sukuna Not seems me. to have the ability to like copy other people's techniques as well, because he did oh, it yeah, to Jogo. He huh? did he did it to Jogo the lava head curse. Oh, that's fucked up. But he can't do bloodline ones. He can't do Keke Genkai's. Well, this is technically kind of a Keke Genkai. <laughs> Because this is like oh, the um, this is the um, damn, what's it called? The the man, what what was that family called? The yeah, the blood, the blood piercing. People. Yeah, the blood, the blood piercing. Yeah, people. I know what you're talking about that. This is their technique. Oh, but he can't copy Limitless because he doesn't have the eyes. No, he can't. Well, Limitless. Yeah, I don't know what are the bounds of what he can and can't copy. Um, the eyes are not really tied to. Limitless. Like, there's two separate things, the eyes and Limitless. Like, the six eyes is, I guess, technically kind of like a Byakugan-esque type of thing where you can see people's cursed energy and how it's being used and applied. Mm. Where And the Limitless is Gojo's innate technique that was, like, that he inherited, and he was, like, the first guy to have it in the, in probably, like, a thousand years or something. So the question is, could Sukuna copy that? I don't think so. I guess not. Maybe he can't well, copy... Anyway. Well, I think because he can't copy, I guess, innate techniques, like things that are like unique to the person, and Limitless is not necessarily a family technique. It's something that's like unique to Gojo. Oh. But that's how I'm seeing it. I'm. It's not very clear in the narrative, I guess as some things are with Jujutsu Kaisen, to be honest. 
But um, that's that's the logic I'm kind of following because this seems to be like he can't, he seems to be able to copy like family techniques because they are they're not innate. They're not like particularly unique because a lot of people can use them within their families. But I guess what I'm saying is that Sukuna couldn't copy Nanami's technique. Like he couldn't use the three the ratio thing that really because that's a that's a innate technique specific to um specific to nanami this is what i'm figuring by the way none of this is really confirmed but this is what i this is how i understand it huh. i wonder if 10 shadows is an innate ability i think it is because that's why i think that's why he wanted to take over megumi's body so bad because it's not a technique he can really copy interesting interesting yeah well let me continue so like i mentioned before uh gojo states that instead of merely providing support sukuna will also attack when maharaga negates his inviolability that means this is two against one right so um there's a lot of dialogue i'm gonna kind of skim through it but he's basically going over a little bit of strategy and he's coming to terms with the fact that you know he can't hit as hard as he'd like to although he can still deal with maharaka like he has a way to take him out um that that's that's essentially the gist of it um, yeah he uses he's saying that like sukuna is attacking when uh maharaga gets close because once no, I know that. We, yeah, we, we went over that. I'm on, I'm on I'm on page twelve. Oh yeah. But regardless, I, I'm just just moving forward because that's not it's not that essential that I read it all. Up. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he's like I said, um, he's just coming to terms with how he's going to like be able to wear Maharaga down. Like he sees a way to, to a victory, and then Sukuna cuts him off. His his own inner monologue. He cuts him off and says, "Don't get the wrong idea. You ain't just fighting against two people." You're fighting against this new a merged beast Agito. Uh and like I said, you look like a lost alien. That's funny. But it's three against one now. And uh this is what I was spoiled to. Yeah, uh, I was also spoiled ago. to this. <laughs> yeah. For, but I didn't three get a good one. look at it because I thought he made two Maharagas. <laughs> but he yeah, did not. Thank God. Cool. That's basically what I thought he was dealing with, but it's not that serious. Yeah, I looked away really fast, so I saw two Shikigami there, but I was like, oh no, did he make two Maharagas? But he did not make two. So he he merged Nui with a few other of the Shadow Beasts. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy, yo. So, alright, they're fighting, they get into popping. Remember, the plan is that, you know, Maharaga can touch gojo while the others can't but as soon as he does touch gojo the others can hit him um so that's the game and gojo's trying to maneuver around all of them and take out sukuna at the same time um he's weaving 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 shoot the red and maharaga and he kind of just brushes it off and he's like oh it's not having much effect and not just uh because my output's low i had only hit it with red once and not even directly, so maybe Maharaka's adaptation isn't all or nothing, but happens in gradation. Uh, meaning with meaning with like every time he gets hit by it, um, you know, it's 
it, it, it boosts his uh, endurance, I guess, to it. Um, at least one way to raise Maharaja on a single blow. Takes time. Sukuna is wary of it. Um, so it basically comes down to the conclusion that he'll have to finish this with unlimited follow, and that ends this week's chapter. Oh, I have thoughts. I have an immediate thought, but I guess I'll just wait. Um, so, Chris, what are your thoughts? Whoo, this was my really good chapter of the week. Certified RGC. It was really good. Yeah, uh, fantastic chapter all around. I just had so much fun reading it. And um, it is funny to see, like, when I feel like one of the biggest, like, obstacles that Akutami has made for himself is creating Gojo. Um, yeah. And right now, this is kind of like really he's working hard to just kind of like make a gojo fight very uh suspenseful and it's and it's working i mean i still genuinely don't know if he's gonna win or not you know and it's like it feels like every week you know everybody's just like that's it gojo's cooked <laughs> you know but that's I, me yeah but i feel uh i feel a pretty good about gojo's chances here just because he, he's figuring it out you know taking it step by step i still want him to win just overall but who's to say is he's gonna win i just love like the thought process here and gojo having to be strategic is uh very interesting the more you like the the more like in jujutsu kaisen's fight that we steep ourselves into the battle system um the more interesting a read it is because you learn something new every every fight here. Um, mm. But I, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I was spoiled in that two-page spread. Uh, like I said before, I thought that was like another Maharaga. I was like, oh, he's fucked for sure. But then I saw that it wasn't a Maharaga. It's like, okay, so he's still got a chance. That's good. <laughs> It'd be crazy if he just cloned Maharaga. But yeah. Um, it was just piling on. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I'm having I'm having such a good time reading this. I'm so glad it's not on break next week because, uh, as we stated in our um, in our talk, in our uh, pre-show, um, yeah, the Jujutsu Kaisen is up there in one of the series that we most look forward to reading, and it's because of chapters like this where it's just I just don't know how, or you know how anything's gonna turn out. Um. I'm I'm very excited to see what he does with Unlimited Hollow if it's gonna really work, because I I feel like even if he gets rid of Maharaga, he still has to contend with Sukuna, who probably is recovering as this is going. He probably summoned this beast in order to just kind of like take a breather, yeah, and just do support, play a support role, um, but yeah. Uh, I don't have many thoughts. Very cool action chapter. I am very into it. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, with that being said, I'm gonna toss this over to Brian. Brian, what did you think about this chapter? Um, this fight is probably gonna go down as one of the best fights in Shonen, just because Whoa. of like how it's being played out. It's up there with like Hunter Hunter levels of like intricacies and like playing around with the systems of the of the of the of the story like black flash 
being introduced here shows that every facet of this power system that it has to offer is being utilized. Like mm. everything is being um, put forth. So this this story isn't holding any punches. This is the best of the best that the series has to offer, and it is delivering, delivering very well. I'm honestly impressed. Like I love how this this fight is going. And every week I'm left thinking, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? You know? So just he Gage is doing a master class on, on writing right now. Because you just don't know what's going to happen every week. You don't know what's going to happen. And it's there's no trope that we can rely on right now to like have comfort in knowing what might happen. It's just it's all up in the air and that's what draws us in every week to read it because we really just have no clue how this is going to go down and i i really appreciate that from this series um but aside from that those are my thoughts okay so um this is what i think The fact that he knows that that he has to use unlimited hollow to take Maharaga out, I feel like that's something Sukuna knows as well. Um, and I'm just gonna say again, this is really not looking good for Gojo. He's 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 being predictable. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's being led down a path while Sukuna's really just chilling it has like the upper hand and he's probably just waiting waiting for that move to come out because he has you know it's not like he doesn't i don't think he doesn't know about that i don't know about unlimited hollow i don't i actually don't know what that does is that the purple one i don't think he's i don't think he's used it right brian um i'm not sure i don't think so i it just tells me that that's his last, That's the only option he has. No, he hasn't. He hasn't used it yet. That I'm pretty sure. All right, but if that's the only option he has to deal with Maharaga yet again, I I would believe that Sukuna has a play for that. So I'm not confident. Yeah, but Gojo knows that he's like waiting for it too. He mentions it that like he knows Sukuna is like waiting for him to use it. So. But I think Gojo's just saying here that he's like, he's got to find a way to use it regardless. Like, even though yeah. he knows Gojo's waiting for it, it's kind of his only chance to, like, even the odds. That's good point. All right. I'm ready to um, finish my thoughts. I guess I'll give one more thought that I thought that, you know, came to mind. I was thinking about that time where fought toji and like the aftermath of that which i really respect out of gojo as a character because he was already like when he was young he was like very aware that he was op and there was nobody who can like conceivably stop him um mm -hmm. and he knew that he was a prodigy that could kind of get through anything but even so like after the toji incident where he he did nearly die because he was like careless he realized that like oh it just doesn't stop here i could always be better and he did note that he after that incident he never stopped training his ability he didn't he's not just resting on his laurels and being 
content with just his already overwhelming strength. He's just like, well, I had to teach myself to use reverse curse technique because I really saved my ass in the Toji fight, so I had to get really good at it. Um, and that mm. we've seen how that, like, actually, if he never really learned that lesson with Toji, he probably would have died a long time ago in this fight because he wouldn't have had a mastery over reverse curse technique. And even so, he was, like, still training red and purple and blue to be the strongest they can be. I don't think Gojo has ever stopped working on himself, which is uh, is a good, I guess, lesson in a sense of you're never really like a finished product, you know? Mm -hmm. There's always stuff that you can like sharpen or keep. You got to have your upkeep, you know? You can't just like, you're never really done developing. And um, I think that's like a nice subtle moment for his character. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't die so bad. <laughs> I yeah, like, I don't. I don't want it to happen. I would like Kojo to just survive. Trying to series. train myself for the moment. Yeah, but all right then. Uh, I suppose uh, if there's no more rebuttals, we can uh, move on then. Yeah. Yep. All right. Here yep. we go. Chainsaw Man. Oh boy, let me reset this. Chainsaw Man. This is Chainsaw Man chapter 141, Normal Life Plus. Um, so over the last few chapters, uh, there has been a battle for basically Denji in the sense that public safety wants him to quit as Chainsaw Man, while there has been an entire cult developing around Chainsaw Man that has been trying to recruit him. Um, and all the while, Denji is just sad that he can't really use his powers for his own gain. Um, but everybody seems to worship him, but he can't really like take advantage of it. Um, yeah. and he's kind of stuck in this cycle of he's achieved everything he's kind of wanted to do at the beginning of the series, which is just to have a regular life where he has a house and he can eat regular food and he doesn't have to live in a shed. You know, he has people who care for him or a person at the very least who cares for him. Um, you know, he and he's wondering is like, if it, is it wrong to kind of like want more from your life? Um, so he's kind of having a crisis over that about complacency, really. Um, and we start this chapter off, you know, with Denji trying to live a normal life as he's uh, agreed to kind of like, well, actually, I forgot about that. But he, at first he agreed to kind of like live a normal life. Uh, under the public safety's demands. But after learning that he can uh, potentially sleep with a bunch of women, he tries to join the Chainsaw Man church and uh, gets disappointed by that because that doesn't turn out the way he wants either. Turns out there's not a lot of, there's not just like women lined up to to to, to have sex with him. So he's like, well, this, this is terrible and you're all crazy. <laughs> you're all a crazy cult. So I'm leaving and... Now we start this chapter with him trying to live a somewhat normal life, uh, seeing his face as Chainsaw Man plastered on uh, food. You know, like there's like a, a curry bun line with Chainsaw Man uh, attached to it. Uh, like he's a local celebrity and, you know, he's just hanging out with um, Nayota, I think her name is. And there's a devil there. Uh, a devil emerges and Denji's like, oh. Yay! And he's about to pull his thing, but he kind of stops. And uh, devil hunters appear and take care of the devil themselves. Um, 
he goes home he you know hangs out with Nayuta and the dogs you know showers with them and brushes their teeth and stuff and he gets to bed and you know he just doesn't seem to be able to sleep uh he sees the poster of Chainsaw Man uh and uh, Nayuta wakes up and is like can't sleep and he's like and Denji asks her what's gonna happen to me from here on out like after I graduate and get a job will I be happier than I am now and uh, Nayuta asks him if he's unhappy, if he's unhappy, and he's like, "I don't know." Um. And uh, Nayuta says, "Like, I'll stay with you for the rest of your life. Then you'll be happy too, right? Just because I'm oh. cute." And it's like a cute little moment, I guess. And Denji just like goes back to cuddling with Nayuta, um. Without really saying anything, and we cut over to. Family Burger, because I actually remember this is the place where Kobeni worked uh, in Chainsaw Man Part 1, where the weapons of the Chainsaw Man church are gathered uh, having lunch, you know, talking about how, like, tomorrow is the Chainsaw Man Day of Worship. Um, So the followers are not to be hunting any devils that appear, um, but the civilian and public safety devil hunters will come out crawling like cockroaches. So he says, if we kill, if we keep killing them, Chainsaw Man's sense of justice will brim, brim over and he'll arrive to defeat the devils. So Sword Guy is like, hey, why go this far to draw Chainsaw Man out? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> One of the weapons is like, tomorrow we are weapons. Discard all other thoughts. Um, Sword Guy is like, I'm human. Let me think for myself. He's like, and but this guy, I think he's the flamethrower devil, the guy with the uh, suspenders. He's a uh, flamethrower man. He says uh, he's right. We're humans. We're also weapons and devils too. So you know what these three have in common. One of them says that they're all hard to spell, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, but he says we- humans, weapons, and devils were all born to kill, and that's why God will forgive us no matter how many people we kill tomorrow. And that's where the chapter ends. Um, Josh, what did you think about Chainsaw Man chapter 141? Um, I don't have too many thoughts. I mean, like I said, I thought it was, it's nice to see the dynamic between uh, uh, Denji and and Nayuta. It's cute. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't see any familiar faces with the weapons, but it is interesting. Um, it's like kind of meeting the, the villains of the new arc, you know what I'm saying? Like at the round table, but they're just at a burger shop talking shit to each other. Yeah. Very chainsaw man Um It said, and that's why God will forgive us no matter how many people we kill. Wow. It's crazy. I wonder if they're also trying to imply that weapons are different from devils. I mean, they are hybrids, right? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I've been rereading Chainsaw Man, so uh, I I was reminded of a a couple things about the weapons specifically. The weapons are devils, um, but they seem to be very, like, unique in the case that Chainsaw Man in Hell has eaten all of them at one point in time. So theoretically, they should not exist, but they Mm. still do. Before Pochita came to Earth and met Denji, he seemed to have been in a battle between all of the weapon devils and the four horsemen devils. 
and he seems to have oh. eaten all of the weapons. And usually what happens when Chainsaw Man in its like full form eats a devil, that devil and everything like the concept that that devil is associated with vanishes forever. So in, uh, for example, there's like, there's no knowledge of, from the humans. There's no like knowledge of world war two because at some right. point the chainsaw man devil has eaten a world war two devil. There's no nuclear weapons threats apparently in this world either because the nuclear weapon devil has also been killed and eaten by chainsaw man. Mm. So that very concept is erased from the world for whatever reason, the human, the, the weapon devils have been eaten by chainsaw man, but still exist and are, and are still prominent probably because like people fear weapons to such a degree that, you know, it's, you can't, I guess you can't, they're just too powerful in a sense. That's my theory, I guess. There's like just certain things that people will never stop being afraid of. So, those devils like will live. Throwers. Yeah, like flamethrowers. That's pretty terrifying. Um, but, yeah. I would say black. I don't know. Well, swords. Yeah. Uh, swords, arrows, apparently. <laughs> Chainsaws, definitely. Chainsaws, um, for sure. Yeah. But... Yeah, th that's the that's the special thing about the weapons, really. They are devils. What if there's a poverty devil? Uh, probably, yeah. That probably goes in line with famine, no? Mm. I don't know. But if... Yeah, I would say there's probably a poverty devil, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think if people are scared of it then it exists right that's what it, well there's a tomato devil so <laughs> well, people can't be afraid of a tomato well the tom yeah uh makima put it this way is like if there's a coffee devil then it's weak because nobody's scared of coffee <laughs> so you know it's the same with the tomato devil like in the very beginning of the series denji kills the tomato devil but anyway uh, you had more thoughts, Josh, or? Nah, that's about it. What about you, Brian? What'd you think? Um, I thought... I hate how Chainsaw Man gives you some serious fucking whiplash when when you read it. Because it's like, last, chat, last two chapters were the funniest shit I've ever read in my life. And then it immediately goes to fucking... Like the most existential fucking um, commentary on what you what it like is what you want really what you want kind of thing. It's so it's it's the most unique series in that aspect. Um, and I think that that's what gives it its stripes. You know, that's what makes it so unique is the is the pace that it can uh, switch up on. Um. I really like the um, it. What really confuses me is whether Nayuta is actually like genuine with how she feels. 
Or is she just like, you know, manipulating Denji again, you know? Because she's the control devil, right? Yeah. So but... it there's a there's always that chance that she's just, you know, getting Denji on a on a leash just like Makima did, right? Yeah, um there there's a chance of that, but I feel like Nayuta's feelings for Denji are genuine in the sense that this was a this is a reborn it's kind of like an oob situation. You know what I mean? Uh where Kid Buu was killed and resurrected as oob and put into Goku's care to see if like there's a chance where Goku can like rehabilitate the control devil in a sense. So yeah, I think like Denji's big thing is that Sure, like I'm sure Nayuta has like the impulses to use her control powers, but she doesn't seem to be using them on Denji. Denji seems to be able to have his free will as he is. He just goes along with Nayuta because he doesn't want to like harbor these negative uh she doesn't he doesn't want to like nurture her more negative instincts as a devil. Um so yeah, it's also the thing that like uh, Makima was a the control devil as a whole was like quote unquote, described herself as a fan of Chainsaw Man. Like she saw what he does in Hell and was like a huge fan and was hoping to use Denji to create a better world, or Chainsaw Man specifically. She, Makima didn't really have a interest in Denji himself per se, just more the Chainsaw Man within him. But Nayuta, I feel like has an interest in Denji because he's essentially raising her. Um, so it's like she's unintentionally manipulating him. Yeah, just by, I guess, her nature as control devil. But I feel like Denji is wiser to it. Like, he doesn't really fall for it in the same way because he is actively trying to care for her and genuinely seems to give a shit about her life and making sure that she has a good quality of life. It's the only thing that Denji really cares about that's not tied to his getting laid and eating good food. Um, but who's to say? <laughs> getting laid and eating food. That's kind of Denji's whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's um, shit. But yeah, that's my thought on that. I, I actually don't know. It could very well be possible that... Uh, Nayuta is manipulating Denji, but I don't think she's the same person as Makima was. They're just, you know, using their their nature in different ways. Yeah, I think there's just certain things they can't help. And um, but Denji doesn't seem to be like under her spell or anything. It's also the thing that I remember where when Power died and asked Denji to go find her. She did say that, like, I'm not going to remember you and I'll probably be an entirely different person person so it's possible that like the control devil as we knew it in makima is just not around and this is a completely different control devil that has a whole separate uh list of quirks and personality traits and all that stuff so i don't know that's my thought i'm just curious what denji is gonna do yeah, I, 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 he's in quite the dilemma. Yeah, but those are those are my thoughts. Yeah, this was my runner-up. Um, I really like 
Chainsaw. I, and I think it's probably because I am currently almost done rereading Chainsaw Man. By the way, if you ever wanted to reread Chainsaw Man, you could probably do it in two days. It is an absurdly yeah, fast read. Sure. It's an absurdly fast read. And uh, it, it's obviously very short still, too. It's like just under 150 chapters. But the first 11 volumes are like such fast reads. I got I like devour three volumes a day, basically. Um, because a lot of it is done visually. It's a very visual series, I think. But yeah, rereading Chainsaw Man has really made me appreciate like the stuff that I forgot about Chainsaw Man the first time reading it. This is, would be my second read through of Chainsaw Man, by the way. Um, and there's just certain things I remember. I remember the weapons. I, f I completely forgot that they were at the very end of Chainsaw Man part one. They were like the weapons that attacked Denji alongside Makima. These same people at the fucking family dire. Um, same exact people? Yep. Wow. The sword devil, I remember him. He, he's different from the katana devil. <laughs> there's two, there's two yeah, blades. There's sword devil and katana devil. Yeah. Katana devil was there. So was sword devil. Uh, Quan Chi was there. Um, Reze was there. And then these four people were also there. I think the guy with the short, uh, light colored hair, he's the spear devil, I think. Um, I, I think this woman is the whip devil because she's, yeah, to, she's whip devil. I've seen that. Yeah. And suspender man is flamethrower devil. Cause that's process of elimination. Um, so why is he the leader? I don't know. Well, he's not the leader of the church. I think there's like someone above them. But I wonder who it is. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I, I really like this chapter. I do love like Denji's journey. The more I'm like realizing it is the more he's just having kind of like he's going through the human experience from like day one where you start off with just these natural human impulses, you know, just like eat and procreate <laughs> and find shelter. And that's his like vibe in the first few chapters and not really thinking for himself. And he starts to like kind of develop autonomy and just like interpersonal relationships with other people with like power and Aki um, and when he loses them, he just like is back to not wanting to absorb this. It's just too much to be a, a unique thinking person. So he just wants to go back. And now he's wondering that like, now that he's technically in the clear and if him at the start of the series could see him now, he'd be so happy. But now Denji's not happy because like most people, when you get to a certain level of stability, you're just like wondering is if there's more, you know? Not not in a greedy sense where you want to be, like, super rich, but it's just, like, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Am I just going to... Is this my life every day? I just go to work and come home and eat and then go to sleep again, you know? Um, and Denji has, like, this connection to this crazy life he could be having, but he can't for reasons outside of himself. It's it's very it's like he wants both lives. It's like he wants he wants to live as Denji, but also wants to live as Chainsaw Man, and they both like live two different lives. Well, I think like outside the outside world like puts a lot of restrictions on you, and that's what we're seeing with public safety in them. It's just like they're giving him a choice, you know. 
He's like, you can't be this or we'll do this. You know, so, you know, just be happy with what you have. And I don't think Denji is necessarily wrong for, like, having these thoughts of just, am I being complacent right now? You know, even though his, like, thoughts are his, like, desires are very base and dumb. He's also like, it's analogous to the idea of just being like, damn, there's got to be more than this out there, you know? But I don't know. It's very, it's very good. You should, everybody should be Chainsaw Man <laughs> and uh, have your own thoughts to it. Agreed. But yeah, it's a fantastic chapter overall. Uh, do you guys have any rebuttals before I move on? Nope. Nope. All righty then. That was Chainsaw Man. Uh, let us move onward. We're getting the story out there. We need a plan. Undead Unluck. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to Josh to do Undead. Yeah, it's me again. So, uh, Undead Unluck chapter number 172. Oh, I can't get to the title. Um, I managed to move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yoshi Fumi. It's so good. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so great. Okay. Um, last week, Chikara, how do I put it? Last week, he came to terms with who Fuko and the organization is and, and, and what they do. And also with respect that, you know, the best way that he could pay them back and help them out is by living a, you know, a good life and staying safe. Um, so we continue to this chapter. Uh, Fuko, well, Fuko and, and, and company is caught up in a fight uh, with this Uma called Color with the O-U-R, Color, because they're Kalor. in UK. They're not in Japan. They're in the British uh, kingdom. Are they? No, they're not. I know. I'm just meaning to dick. Oh. But, um, and they are struggling mightily. They cannot land any lethal blows on the Uma. So we cut over to this chapter this week um, where he finds Fuko and company fighting against said Uma. And we have this like cool little speech going on, this like graduation ceremony talking about um, a, a move to a new world, a fresh start. I'll pass you all I've chosen. There will be walls standing in your way. There will be times when you won't be able to climb them alone. And when you can't, I implore you to rely on those you've met here, your friends. So at this point, there was no fucking doubt in my mind, spoilers, guys, that um, Chikara was going to join uh, the team to be a negator. Oh, but yeah? I guess we'll see. <laughs> They're going hard. Like I said, no one can land a blow. And it looks like Shakar uh, is about to go in there to help them until his old friend runs into him. And he's like, damn, like, where the fuck you went, bro? You're about to miss the graduation ceremony. So Shakar was like, hey, thanks. You know, I admire people like you. You move for the sake of others. But you know what? This is my moment. If I don't budge, if I don't move, Right? 
I'll never be able to move on. Get it? I mean, right? Uh, Shikara, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, yo, them people was helping me. Now I'm fucking stopped. They was protecting me, you, mom, dad, and the whole fucking universe. The whole galaxy. Yeah, there's an Umanin galaxy too. They sure you know about that, nigga. So yeah. <laughs> the difference in saviors. So boom, he disappears. And he's like, Chikara, his friend. And we see Sean uh basically uses negator ability to make them visible. He's low key starting to become one of my favorite characters. Sean. Like the development has been really cool. Yeah. Um but He's like, look, Fuko plans to cartage with you. Plain and simple, but a nigga like me gonna give you that option. You make that call. You see that that thing we're fighting. If you scared and you want to live a nice life, go with your friend. But if you want to chill with the org and risk your life and be and be a real nigga twenty four seven, then then you know you know what time it is. So um. The Uma is like, damn, I'm running out of blue. Maybe I should uh, run over to the gymnasium. <laughs> they got a bunch of blue there. I'm going to ruin the ceremony. Fuck you, Fuko. And um, right before it does that, they all get frozen solid by Chikara coming in with his fucking camera. What did I tell you? Um, and he's like, unmoved. Is Shikara Shigeno here? And he's like, he doesn't say anything because he's not at that fucking auditorium. He's telling that Uma, don't move. And then uh, they, uh, Fugo delivers a, a punishing blow on this Uma and destroys it while it's frozen. Um, and I guess there's no more color in the world or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Some uh, shit like that? <laughs> Everything's gray yeah. now? Just like that, they all don't know what color is anymore. All right. Um, like, good goodness, everything works out. Fuko smash. She's like, why did you pull up? You could have got hurt. Uh, da, 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 da. And she, he's just like, listen, I'm helping y'all. That's that. All right. Um, I managed to move for the first time. Move for the first time. Um, not a person outside my camera, but me. All right. That camera shit is dead now. My true purpose lies here with all of you. And when I tell you, I thought that was Andy running through the fucking hallway. Um, so, uh, <laughs> at first. Oh, by the way, I'm here. Uh, but, uh, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, but um, Chikawa's friend is like, yo, what you doing, man? He's like, yo. Then he sees, the, you know, all the people that he doesn't remember who go in the gang. He's like, yo, like, are you the guys putting in weird ideas, weird old fucking ideas about him following his dreams in his head? And why are y'all all in uniform? What the fuck is going on here? And he's just like, yo, chill, 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 chill. Let's just take this picture. And, you know, he, Chikara applies a move on them, and um, something happens. I don't know why the fuck people go through the roof in this picture, but it happens. Whatever. Yeah, Shen is running away and trying to escape. Um, so he just like caves through the ceiling when Chikara moves and and dispels his unmove, and then the other characters, I guess, seep in from a hole that was already there. Wow, 
I'm dead. Okay, well, and that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. yeah. The Chicago Negator arc is finished. He's been reconciled and repossessed by the organization. Ooh, yeah. Reconciled and repossessed. There we go. Um, Christian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I, I agree with you. Sean has been showing out a lot lately. Um, they're making good use of him, which is really cool. Um, I I really like the uh, the end here with Shen being like, "You won't catch me in any picture," and just blasting yeah, through the ceiling. Yeah, what was going on? Yeah, he was trying to like not get a picture taken of him. Um, yeah, but yeah, I thought it was like a, a cute moment at the end here. Um, I'm glad Chikara's back. He was uh, he's a really good addition in the last loop. Uh, I remember his whole arc was just like that thing on the boat. Um, so it's good to see yeah. him get like a second arc dedicated to developing mm-hmm. his character. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a cute little story here. Um, I wonder what they're going to do next. <laughs> what what genre they're just going to jump into next time. Um, but overall, mystery. Yeah. I imagine a murder mystery or something. That'd be sick. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got to say about uh, Undead and Luck. It was a really fun chapter overall. Sweet. Um, I don't have too many thoughts. Um, I just want to gloat about, I knew that your car was going to be using his camera as part of his unmove attack. And I bet you that he's going to be able to do cool things with it. I bet if he takes a picture of somebody while he's holding like the uh, the actual picture of it, like if it prints out, I bet mm-hmm. they can't move or something. I'm telling you, man. He's going to do something with his camera. But that's it. All right. Hell yeah. Well, um, that was Undead Unluck. And hey, that has been our show. Jeez Louise, you guys, we did it. Uh, a, new, a new New Jump City. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, bit of a short show this week, but you know, we were missing One Piece, among other things. And... Um, yeah, we'll be back with, I guess, a full lineup, uh, Sans Black Clover, because as we know, that's moved on as well. But um, yeah, till then, uh, you can follow me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Josh is at JBCole underscore 37 on Instagram, at New Jump City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Follow, oh, geez, uh, excuse me. Follow the show itself at New Jump City uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, hit us up on newjobcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. We would gladly like to answer on our pre-show chat show that comes out uh, usually every Wednesday. Uh, And oh yeah, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube please. Uh, If you like the show please uh, engage with it however you can. It helps us out. Every comment, every like, everything uh, means a lot. Um also you can check us out on spotify itunes google podcasts everywhere you listen to podcasts we're on there and uh yeah with that being said uh thank you guys so much for listening uh we'll see you guys next week on new jump city stay safe new jump bye bye i'm brian academia bye bye